In this episode of 92i Talks, breakout actress Lana Condor sits down with Jackie Strauss of The Hollywood Reporter to discuss her successes from her star-turning role in the critically acclaimed Netflix rom-com to all the boys I've loved before, to James Cameron's upcoming cyberpunk action feature, Alita Battle Angel. The conversation was recorded on January 9th, 2019, in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Y. Hi. Hi, everyone. Um, have you all seen To All the Boys I've Loved Before? <laughs> That's great. That's a good start. Um, so, you know, I want to go back a little bit with you. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Um, but when, at what moment did you know you wanted to pursue acting? <sighs> I mean... I've always wanted to be an entertainer. That's why my background is in dance. And I think, you know, I went to like the New York Film Academy a little, for a little bit while I was in like middle school. Um, and then, but the moment I kind of knew I wanted to be an actor was when my parents put me in the like theater class, like drama class mm -hmm. in high school, because I transferred over in my sophomore year um, to, um, to a high school in Los Angeles. And I was actually, <laughs> My first role I ever played, like, I like did theater, right? And my first, like, role I ever played, her name was Wasabi. But that's kind of what I realized. Like, I really like to make people laugh. And so I remember I was, like, just doing a little skit, like a student-written skit on stage playing the character of Wasabi. And all of a sudden I was like, this is really fun. And I think that's when I knew that I loved acting, but I didn't realize I could, you know, make, like, pursue it as a career until actually pretty recently um, because you never know when your next job is going to be. So like in my head, I was like, you know, every job that I would get, I'd be like, is this my last one? Am I a flash in the pan? <laughs> but then just recently I started being like, wow, I think maybe I could do this as my career, which is something that like I hope I can do. So yeah. Well, so then jump to 2016 and you're an X-Men apocalypse. Yeah. Playing a firework launching mutant <laughs> named Jubilee. <laughs> Um, but that character isn't returning because you were busy filming this little Netflix movie called To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Yeah. So what was that like when you, I guess let's start, how did the role of, of Lara Jean come to you? Okay, how did it come to me? I was, I had just flown back into LA from, I think, I don't know, I, I was traveling somewhere. And I got an email from my agents and it said, um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before feature. And of course, like any audition as an aspiring actress, any audition that you get from your agent is a big deal. You're like, yes! <laughs> and so I clicked on the email and I noticed that they specifically asked for um, an Asian American lead mm -hmm. love interest. And that was huge for me because I've, I've never seen that where they were very specific and they knew exactly what they wanted. Um, and I remember reading, oh, this is for a movie called To All the Boys I've Loved Before, adapted by a adapted. And I remembered like three years ago, right when I was um, cast as Jubilee in X-Men, that Jenny Han had posted about me on her Instagram. Just like, oh, I'm so excited for Alana. This is really awesome. And I was like, wait, that's how I remember the title, To All the Boys of Love 4. And then I ran to the bookstore and I got the book and I read it like within two hours and then auditioned for it the next day. And then it took, I, I would say it took about a month of like major auditioning process. So I did pre-reads and then the actual audition and then callbacks and then producer sessions, director sessions, um, and then chemistry reads. Mm -hmm. And then I was cast. And then we went into um, 
And once I was cast, that's when I kind of, I read with um, Peter Kavinsky's and Josh Sanderson's for um, my co-stars. Um, but it was crazy. It was like a really big process, and I, I really did fight for it. And I remember, like, there was, um, when we were doing my first chemistry read, before I was cast, there was this other girl who was, like, you know, going to possibly play large. And I remember looking at her, and I was like, I want the best for you, but I also want this job very much, <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is mine. This is mine, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you said that you've never seen an Asian-American female role written in what they wanted for the role. And how much did that make you really want to? I mean, get I specifically hadn't, hadn't seen it um, for the lead love interest. Mm -hmm. I've seen, like, pro, you know, prior to auditioning for Tall the Boys, I had seen, you know, when they want Asian specific um, you know, roles. But in terms of lead love interest, I had never seen before. Mm -hmm. um, and that just, when I read it, like, my heart just expanded and I felt so like aggressively needing to have this role because I felt that I really believed that I could do a good job so that maybe more opportunities like this would come for other people. Mm -hmm. So I was very aggressive about it. I was like, <laughs> I will have this role. I will have this role. <laughs> um, but it was amazing. And, you know, we've had such an amazing year mm -hmm. um, for um, Asian representation in Hollywood. But for me... Something that was just so important was that to all the boys I've loved before, Lara Jean is just, she's your girl next door. She is your average girl who happens to be Asian, but the story is not revolved around the way that she looks, mm -hmm. right? And so for me, that was very, very important that I wanted to tell a very truthful story of, of, of an Asian American girl, but also that it had nothing to do with her the way that she looked. Like, her spirit is Asian, but she is just a regular girl, mm -hmm. which I thought was really important, and a lot of girls have come up to me since and been like, thank you so much for telling the story because our, our story is not just one story. We have so many stories to tell, so that was really awesome for me, and, like, I, we get, we're going to be able to do the sequel, which is exciting because I only want to keep doing it, and, like, you know... <laughs> I just love it so much. I'm such a huge fan of all the boys. So. Yeah, we're going to see how much we can get out of you about that in a oh. minute. Um, but at first, we have a clip I want to talk a little bit about. So a theme of the movie is obviously that Lara Jean has lost her mother, and she's very guarded with mm -hmm. her heart. Um, and a moment that I love is at the end when her father says that you stopped, she stopped hiding herself from the world when she met Peter, which I thought was yeah. a really sweet moment. Um, and Peter is played by Noah Centineo. Mm -hmm. Centineo. Mm -hmm. um, you guys have instant chemistry. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to show one scene that illustrates where she starts to really trust him and open herself up. Yeah. So this film is released, and it becomes a cultural phenomenon, a Netflix phenomenon. It was one of the most watched original films of the year. It was one of the most rewatched. How many of you guys rewatched this movie? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so you and Noah are, are instant stars. What is that like? And did you guys lean on each other throughout that process? Like, yeah, I mean. Noah and I knew Noah was going to be cast as Peter Kavinsky as soon as he opened his mouth during chemistry reads. <laughs> like, I even, like, here's the thing about Noah and I. So I met him during pre-reads, and he came up to me, and I don't know if you've ever met him, but he's very, like, he's, like, just so 
like swaggy. <laughs> and like he walks up to me and he's like, hey, like you want to read lines? And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> because I was so focused in on this is my job. I will get this job that I couldn't, I didn't even want to like, like bring in anything else. Um, and then like a month later when I got the list of people I was going to chemistry with, chemistry read with, I saw his name at the bottom and I was like, oh my God, this is the guy that I was like, no, I don't want to read lines with you. And I was like, he's going to sabotage me. I'm going to get fired, like all these things. But as soon as he walked in the door, he was like, hey. And immediately I was like, he didn't even have to act. I was like, this is, this is our Peter. And then we had instant chemistry, like insane amounts of instant chemistry. And from that moment on, when, throughout the time we shot the movie, throughout premiering it into now, it's been really nice to have someone who is kind of on the same journey as me, that is experience, we're both experiencing all these crazy new mm -hmm. things at the same time together. Um, because it, it's interesting because, you know, with the success of the movie, no one can really prepare you for that. Like, you don't really know, like, I don't, there's just things that you, I can't even put into words, it's just different. Mm -hmm. um, so having someone like Noah, who's kind of gone through the same thing, has been really amazing to have just a partner to like converse about and know that like the things that we're not going through, like we're not alone during it. Um, so he's, he's amazing and like, I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. He's really great and it's nice to have someone on the journey with me, yeah. We touched on this a little before, but Crazy Rich Asians also came out at mm -hmm. the same time. Um, and it was this very overdue, needed representation of Asians, Asian stars um, in romantic stories and as the leads. So yeah. what was it like to be a part of that wave? And um, do you really think this is, this is a moment of change? Are you seeing a shift? I am seeing a shift. I really, really am. After this summer, it's been such an amazing summer for us, but I've noticed a change. I, like, here's the thing. I don't think Hollywood is stupid. I think when they see, like, things, like, the success of Tall the Boys and when they see the success, success of Crazy Rich Asians, like, you can't ignore that, mm -hmm. right? And I really believe that there are really good people in Hollywood, and I will choose to believe that for as long as I'm in this career because I'm very optimistic and positive. And after this summer, I have seen a genuine shift. I've seen, you know more and more like, you know, writers and writers wanting to write roles that have people like us as the leads. I've seen directors who are so excited. I've seen people like filmmakers who just want to do it. And I have seen a change and I will continue to be positive and like believe in the, I, I believe, I believe in Hollywood and I believe we're not, they're not stupid. And we're so lucky because now like, you know, kids my age, we're very smart. And like we're very vocal about mm -hmm. if we have an injustice or if film and television doesn't look the way real life looks, they speak out. And you can't, we're just so loud. <laughs> we can't really ignore that. So I have seen the change. The scripts that I've gotten have been so positive and amazing and really like inspire me that I think that there's a genuine change. And I actually read, I, I, I met a lot of the cast of Crazy Rich Asians for the first time um, during the Golden Globes weekend. Uh -huh. And they're all so excited and I really feel like we have such an amazing bond and people are just really excited. So I, you know, it's a, a really exciting time. And I, I know that this was an awesome summer and I hope that it goes into 
fall and winter and spring and summer again and again and it again keeps and going again. And going. Because it's like, come on, guys, we have way bigger problems. Like, come on, mm-hmm. this should already have happened. So, yep. but I really think now is the time, and it's really exciting. Well, there was a hint that there would be more to the story. It came at the end credits. Um, and there was introduced um, mm-hmm. the, a character that plays a big part in the sequel, John Ambrose. Yes. Um, so that was kind of when you're watching it, you thought, okay, maybe they're going to do some more. Then there was just a loud clamor for more. Where's the sequel? Where's the sequel? Right. Where's the sequel? Yeah. Um, and then finally, it's official. You posted this video yeah. last month. Um, did your phone shut down? Did okay. your, like social media explode? Here's the tea. I was in <laughs> Africa. And I didn't have any service. So I had told my team, because we knew, like, I didn't know there was going to be a sequel until, like, maybe a couple weeks before everyone else knew. That was about it. Um, And I had scheduled a trip to Africa. And they were like, well, Lana, we want to do the press release for the sequel. And I was like, well, I'm not going to have service. So how are we going to do that? And they were like, and so I ended up giving my team, um, and I love them so much, and I like seriously wouldn't be here without my whole team. But I gave them, I was like, well, why don't you guys post it? Because like I obviously want everyone to know about it. So I was so when my team posted the video um, on my social media, I was asleep in a tent next to hippos <laughs> with no service. And I woke up the next day and I'm like, Africa and I like I'm on safari and I walk out I'm like looking at the birds and like looking at the tracks of the leopards and then one of the camp supervisors came up to me and they were like oh my god oh my god this is so exciting did you see did you see you're getting a a sequel I'm like what they're like yeah you you posted it I was like oh and I looked and then yes my phone did blow up as soon as I got service which was like a week later that is crazy, the reach of that. That shows you. <laughs> it was weird because all I wanted was like to get on Wi-Fi and be like, I want to see what everyone's saying. But yeah, Africa is a beautiful place. <laughs> so now the sequel is official. Yes. Um, have you had an opportunity to weigh in on the story at all? Um, well, I haven't gotten a script yet. Okay. Um, I, ha- of course, have read the second, the second right. book. But I think I'm just like, I trust... I trust the producers, I trust the writer, I trust Jenny, and everyone's so committed. So they've really been kind of figuring it out, and then I'm hoping they'll show me the script pretty soon. But no, I haven't, you know, I've, I've, I've told them that I want it to be even better than the first. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, like, creative, this is Jenny's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wrote the most beautiful book, and so I just wanted... I just want to make her happy. So whatever she wants, I'm, I'm willing to do. I don't think I, I mean, all I want to do is like, like be with my sisters and kiss pretty boys. Like, this, you know what I'm saying? Like there's not much for me to ask for, but yeah. Well, they're introducing another boy for you to potentially yeah. kiss. Are you and Noah okay with this? I mean, is this, <laughs> is this upsetting on a personal level? It's upsetting to me because I feel that I'm like, Laura Jean and Peter should be together forever. <laughs> and so for me, I'm like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't understand why. But I, I mean, how, like, like, I'm not really in a place to be like, oh, I'm so put upon. I have to be with another, you know? But um, I think Noah's really excited because he wants to, like, he wants more drama. He mm-hmm. wants more conflict. Um, I guess so do I. <laughs> Have you guys thrown out any dream actors to play the role of John Ambrose? 
Um, I haven't. I don't know about Noah, but um, I just want someone with a good heart. Because at the end of the day, it's like, if the sequel does as well as the first, you have, like, here's the thing, is John Ambrose, he's a really good person. Like, his character, he's a really, really good person. But as I've watched how the first has affected me, like, if you weren't a good person during this process, and I, like, it's a lot to handle with this new exposure. Mm-hmm. So I really just want the guy who plays John Ambrose to be a good human being, have a good head on his shoulders, and, and have a lot of love in his heart, which I don't think is that much to ask. No, that's a good... And, you know, the boy... Well, you know I'm going to crack that whip during chemistry reads. <laughs> you got a good heart. You got a good heart. Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> you know, and boys aside, what about your hopes for Lara Jean for mm-hmm. phase two of We Get to See Her? My biggest hope is that... And as you kind of saw in the clip, my biggest... Lara Jean lives in her own world. And she's unapologetic for who she is. But she's kind of like... She's in her own world. So when people are mean to her... She's just kind of like, <laughs> that's literally what she does. She's like, okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want to see her not roll over. So, or she, it's not like she rolls over. She just, she almost doesn't even know that people are being mean to her. Mm. And for me, I want her to find a voice where if she gets bullied or if people make fun of her, she's like, no, that's not okay. You can stop right there. Like, shut it down. So I want her to find her voice a little bit more and feel more confident and just, and and not taking so much crap that she does because she's so, like, easygoing that I think sometimes people treat her worse than she deserves. Um, So I want her to have her own voice Mm -hmm. and continue to grow. Um, I want to see, what else? I want to see more of her and her sisters together because I think that's the true love story is her relationship with, with her sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see that. I want to... <laughs> She's so awkward. <laughs> I want to see more of that, too, because I think that was really fun. Um, but, yeah. Like, I still, to this day, during that clip, when um, she's like, H up and down on CP, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> like, I truly... I've watched this film a lot of times by myself in bed <laughs> under the covers and I still don't know what it means and I was in it so, and so that's like not great so maybe I wish I could figure out what that means okay in the sequel who knows someone can tell us in the question and answer portion maybe <laughs> uh, so you know usually you see someone do a romantic comedy and you usually see their next project is probably a romantic comedy <laughs> yours is not um, you are changing genres you are in sci-fi's deadly class yeah also have a clip to show you guys. Um, but So as To All the Boys is, ex- is exploding, you're on set filming Deadly Class and you're embodying this other character who looks different, is very different. Yeah. Um, she's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, she's bringing the comic book world onto the screen. Um, so I want to give you guys an introduction to her. Her name is Saya. Um, an assassin in training at King's Dominion, which is a school for killers. So it's very different. <laughs> Lara Jean would not have made it she would have dropped out day one. <laughs> right away. <laughs> uh, can we have the second clip? Different, right? <laughs> uh, so I actually saw you describe a fan reaction as someone saying, oh my God, Lara Jean snapped. 
um, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. So <laughs> what is it like to jump out of the rom-com world and jump into Deadly Class? <laughs> I, okay, so I, I premiered to all the boys, and then the next morning I got on a flight and went to Vancouver and immediately went into production for Deadly Class. And I was like, who am I? What am I? I had such whiplash, mm -hmm. and I, I, I don't know. It was, it was crazy because I had spent months promoting to all the boys in Lara Jean's head, and then all of a sudden, I went into someone who's completely different. I mean, I spend three hours getting my tattoos done every morning, oh, and they God. cut off all my hair, and, and she, like, kills people and rides motorcycles. Like, it was just so different, and I was like, the first week, I was like, what's happening? <laughs> um, but it was so fun, because I think that's the best part of acting. That's why it's so fun, is because you can be whoever you want to be. And so it was definitely challenging and difficult um, for me. And one of the reasons I, I, I took the role um, as Sai is because Sai is so different than who I am as a person. Like, she is not expressive. She is very guarded. She is a lone wolf. She, you know, is deeply unimpressed. Um, and I, that was a challenge for me. I was like, oh, crap. I'm going to do this because I believe in myself and I, I, I want to see if I can do this, but also, like, this is way different for me. Um, so transitioning into Deadly Class was difficult mm -hmm. because I had to basically throw away everything, I, all kind of all parts of myself, which was hard, but at the end of the day, I was, it was really fun because I realized, oh, maybe I can be more like Saya. And, but it, it was hard, and... The, the thing is, everyone on the cast of Deadly Class is so talented. And so every day when I went to work, I was just inspired um, by the rest of the cast. And I was inspired, like, you know, this is acting. This is what my job is. My job is to be other people. So it was really fun, but definitely challenging. And my body hurts so bad because Saya is deeply athletic, and she's very skilled in combat. And so we did a lot of training. Um, and we did a lot of stunt choreo, and we did a lot of fighting. And every day, it was either, like every day I prepared myself to go to work, either I was getting beaten up or I was beating someone. And so I was like, here we go again. Um, so my body really, really hurt. <laughs> but it was awesome, because there's something really cool about like, you finding your power and your punches and everything like that. But yeah, it was, it was definitely, definitely different from Lara Jean, but I love both of them equally. I mean, yeah, what you guys weren't able to see in that clip is that she really kicks ass. Um, you pay, like, this was the most, it, this is the most emotional <laughs> moment throughout the whole season, pretty much. Like, this is the, the thread from to all the boys, people. and it ends right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, when it's so, so physically demanding like that, I mean, how do you, I guess, what was the lead-up before you got to start filming? Um, did you have any injuries on set? I mean, what was it like to physically transform also when you're getting into the character? Um, well, leading up to shooting season one, I did a lot of boxing, like a lot of boxing. And so that, like learning how to throw a punch and look strong doing it um, really helped me feel like I could portray someone who is like strong and, and who can hold her, her own in a fight. So I did a lot of boxing for training. Um, and... I basically just built myself up 
as much as I could to peak physical condition because when we shot the season, inevitably you're working 14 hours a day and you have no time to like, you mm -hmm. can fit in trainings and, and stunts, choreo, like in between scenes, but that's it. So it, my, <laughs> my athleticism kind of like, like, well, my physical health kind of was like, because I didn't, wasn't able to work out, but I'd built myself up so much before mm -hmm. shooting the season. But boxing, like if anyone wants to like truly find their power or feel that they are strong and, and just can own their power, I highly suggest boxing because it's a totally different world. And I don't know. It's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It hurts, but it's amazing. <laughs> and what else about her attracted you to the role? I mean, you obviously read the part before to all the boys before you were in this romantic headspace. Mm -hmm. um, but what about her initially made you want to jump to playing her? Just the challenge. I just was truly just interested to see if I could play someone who's guarded like that. Because mm -hmm. in To All the Boys, like, Lardine is very expressive. Like, very, very expressive, and that's who I am as a person. And so, Sai is nothing like that. And so when I read it, I was like, okay, well, I wanna, I wanna see if I can do this. It was just a challenge. See if I could try it out and do it. And it's funny, because now that we shot season one, I, I feel more confident. I'm like, well, I shot it, I did it, but I'm still, like, still figuring out Sai, you know? <laughs> I'm like, she's so mysterious, she's even a mystery to me. <laughs> still. But, yeah, yeah, I guess is there a tease or, or something you could tell us about what we learn about her and kind of how the show develops? Um, so Saya, basically, our um, Marcus, who is our lead, he's a um, orphaned homeless teen who Saya brings underneath her wing to King's Dominion. And so the whole entire season, Saya is just trying to protect Marcus and to make sure Marcus doesn't get into trouble and to basically guide Marcus um, in navigating King's Dominion because Marcus is her pledge. So throughout the whole season, it's really just, I would like make these jokes on set, but it's truly like Saya's just like, like babysitting Marcus. Like all she does is like babysit Marcus. Um, but it's really exciting because she, um, even though she's in charge of, though she's in charge of Marcus, she, she realizes that she can't do life alone, which I think is a big part of the show. Is like the family that you're born into, if they're not a great family, you can find your own family through your friends. Mm -hmm. And Saya has to learn that because she doesn't, she doesn't want to have any friends. She doesn't want to rely on anyone, but throughout the season, she realizes she has to. Um, so that's basically kind of what she goes through. And then, of course, some awesome other things, but... I don't want to spoil it because I want you to watch it. <laughs> so when you're signing on for a series, you know, this is 10 episodes, obviously, you hope for season two. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, you know, TV's a long-term commitment compared to film. Was that an exciting commitment for you to make? Was it daunting a little bit? Um, yeah, I had never done television prior to doing the show. I'd only ever done features. Mm -hmm. And I love features because there's an ending and I know the arc of the character. So in television, you don't know. You don't know if this is your one season or if you could be on it forever mm -hmm. or for a long time. Um, so not knowing, kind of a little bit as a control freak, like I just want to know what happens. So this has really taught me to live in the moment and just be okay, just be okay in the moment. Um, but it's exciting. The thing is, there is the graphic novel. Mm -hmm. So I have a general, like, I feel like I kind of know what's going to happen. But then, of course, it is adapted, you know, so we'll see. But it's, it's exciting. <laughs> I still want to know what happens, but it's still exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Well, and then your next role is an Alita Battle Angel, um, which your casting was announced a long time ago, but we still don't really know much about your character and who mm -hmm. you're playing. Um, let's roll the clip to show the trailer, and then you can tell us about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so that's a trailer. That's for a the movie. That is as much as I know. Like, <laughs> seriously, I haven't seen it um, yet, but I've only been able to see the trailer, so. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about who you'll be playing, like your character? Yeah, um, I play uh, Koyomi, and she's one of Alita's, uh, I guess one of her best friends, if not her best friend. Um, and I shot that, what, I think like two and a half years ago. Um, and it was, it was so crazy because it was definitely the most beautiful set I've ever been on um, because Robert Rodriguez built the whole set in his back lot um, studio in Austin. Um, so acting in it was really easy because the whole in world was just built around you. Um, but I filmed that so long ago, and, and it's coming out really soon. <laughs> and I can't wait to see it because I completely, like, I don't know what to expect. Um, but it was amazing. And I remember I, um, one of the, um, like, first, like, welcome dinners, um, I sat across from Christoph Waltz. And I was like, just trying to keep it cool the whole time, but he was literally right here. And I just was like, <laughs> It was really cool. There's just the, the actors in the show, is, they're all amazing and they're incredible and, and people that I really, really look up to. So just being in their, in their presence was really fun and cool and freaky, but also amazing. I mean, yeah, as you guys can tell, also not a rom-com. So very not a different job. Yeah. Um, but all these projects kind of coming at the same time and exploding at the same time. I mean, have you, what's been your major kind of pinch me moment in this last year? Um, well, I mean, being here, because I used to live um, like on 86 and 3rd. And so my brother like learned how to swim at the Y, like he, <laughs> right here. And um, I, just, I did um, volunteer here, and my mom would swim here like every day. So actually being here, because it's cool to see how these things kind of come full circle. From and I remember my mom and my dad would like do date night and come to these talks. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, going to do a date night at one of these talks, and now I'm here. And my parents are right there. So it was like really cool. So this has actually been amazing, this full circle, yeah. Yeah. And then we also, um, we did a premiere for uh, To All the Boys um, in New York when it came out. Um, and we were at, I guess it was, what was it? Link, the Lincoln, Link, Lincoln Center, mm -hmm. um, one of the movie theaters there. Um, and we had, like my family and I would go see movies there. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, I guess, what, four or five years later, and then my movie was there. So just being in New York and all these pinch me moments and like, have been really, really awesome. But particularly, the, particularly the why, because this was like such a huge part of our life. Well, so. you know, guys, that's great. <laughs> yeah. We're all part of that. <laughs> uh, so I know you, you didn't really have much rest after To All The Boys, you went right into working. Um, do, you, do you know when you're shooting the sequel now? Because you're just finishing with Dead, Deadly Class. Do you go right back into, into All the Boys? Um, we don't have a start date yet, but I hope it's soon. Um, we all want to go into it right away. Because it's been, what, it's been like, I guess, a year mm -hmm. since we shot it. Uh, but we don't have a start date yet. So you are focusing on work right now, less on taking a minute to step back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm also kind of, I'm a little bit of a workhorse. 
-hmm. So if I'm not working, I'm like sitting there looking at a blank wall like, what's happening? What can I do? <laughs> so I don't mind being busy. I mean, of these three roles, um, which one was the most challenging for you um, and who relate, who do you relate to? Personally? I relate to the most with Lara Jean. The most challenging was Saya. Okay. A hundred percent. And then I think Koyomi is right down the middle. And then in terms of your future roles, um, I know you're a little busy right now, <laughs> but you know, are there things you've thought about, roles you'd love to do, mm -hmm. you know, goals long-term? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I always say when people ask me what my dream role is, no, is um, I have two. One, I want to play the Andrew Garfield role in Hacksaw Ridge, but as a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's weird, but I love that movie, and I love war films, mm -hmm. and I, I believe I can do it. Um, but every time I say that, people are like, what do you mean? But it makes sense. Like, he, he's so great. Um, and then I really want to be in a horse movie, uh, because <laughs> maybe like Andrew Garfield's like, character rides a horse <laughs> in Hacks Are Rich. No, um, but no, I really want to be in a horse movie because I competitively rode for most of my childhood. Um, and I love horses and I love animals, so it'd be really fun for me to do something like that. Sensing an authenticity to, <laughs> to the roles you want to do. Um, so we have some questions from the people in the audience I want to okay. get to. Um, okay, this is a long one. Um, <laughs> to All the Boys was such a powerful story that resonated with a wide variety of audiences. Um, if you were to write your own script or story with oh, an Asian-American-centered theme, what would that story be? And a bonus, who would be the lead or leads? Um, well, I'm adopted, and so I, I've always thought that it would be really fun to kind of create a story, not about my adoption, but loosely based around it, because I think that there's something, adoption is such a beautiful thing, but I also feel that there are, you know, people tread lightly around the topic because they don't know if it's like, you know, how you feel about, you know, they're being respectful. But I think that I would love to create a story um, about adoption um, um, loosely based around my own because I want people to know how beautiful of a, of a thing adoption is. And I want more people to have this conversation. I want more people to inevitably, um, you know, if, if, you know, if, if feel that, they can adopt too if they would want to. Mm -hmm. So we definitely want to um, do some sort of story like that. Um, who would I cast in it besides myself? Because <laughs> um, I'm a hustler. Uh, <laughs> besides that, um, I don't know. Probably, probably a, an unknown mm -hmm. Asian actress who just wants to do what I'm doing. Because, crap, God knows a lot of people gave me like a chance. So mm -hmm. why couldn't I give? someone else a chance um, and have them experience this awesome life. Um, so yeah, probably an unknown, yeah. Well, when this answer gets out, you might have some pitches coming. <laughs> um, as a new actress in the spotlight, what is challenging about keeping your momentum going? Oh, um, what is challenging about keeping my momentum going? I think the biggest thing is you have to all of a sudden, 
your time isn't really your time anymore. You're just doing so much, which I love. Mm -hmm. But to maintain just your general like heart and soul and well-being, you have to be able to be like, you know what? I just need to take a moment. I just need a. I just need to take a moment for myself. And that's really hard to do, um, especially you know they say like these things come in waves, and and you want to ride that wave while it's happening, but at the same time you want to maintain your mental health and mm-hmm. and main and 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 sleep. <laughs> so um, I guess the most challenging part has been finding time um, just for myself and and to be with my family because. Mm-hmm it's really easy to just kind of get swept up and then all of a sudden you haven't seen your family or you haven't just sat for a moment by yourself in a long time. So Mm -hmm. just finding time to just have some me time, (laughs) I guess would be the most challenging part of everything. So one of the highlights of To All The Boys is your facial expressions and comedic timing. With all the directing and having to follow a script, how do you make time and space for that kind of quick-paced comedy? And how do you even learn to do that? Oh, no. <laughs> I think that's just me. I think it, I honestly think it's just me, and I just did it in so many takes that the editors were like, well, we got to have this in. <laughs> because, like, I, honest to God, like, I saw some faces that I made in the movie, and I was like, wow, she expressive. <laughs> I, didn't, I think that was just, like, uh-huh. that's just... I'm a really bad liar. And I'm a really, I'm like, I'm, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just did it and told the boys. Did they give you that direction? Like, be your, more yourself? No, actually, I did that during the audition process. And I remember one of the things that the director, one of the reasons why the director cast me was because of, I guess, my expressive face. Mm-hmm. Well. And they were like, just keep doing it. And so I said, OK, I was born this way, so I, I guess I could do that. <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, is there an actress whose career you idolize? I idolize Emily Blunt's career simply because I think she's, well, I mean, besides the fact she's an incredible actress, I really do believe she has crossed over so many genres very successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I hope to do. Um, as you can see, I, I love to do it all. Um, hopefully I can, we'll see, as I guess my career keeps going. Hopefully, um, but yeah, I really, I really look up to her career, and I think that she has successfully gone through a lot of genres. And I also look up to her in the way that she um, has her, she like is with her family. Mm-hmm. She always takes time for her family, and, and she knows what's really important, which is the people that you love. Um, so I think that's really cool to look up to. Is there a sci-fi or cyberpunk story that has really inspired or affected you in some way? Um, I mean, besides, I don't know. Well, besides Deadly Class, but that's my immediate answer right now because I've just spent so much time with mm-hmm. it. But Deadly Class actually really did inspire me because it made me realize that like, you can trust others, mm. even if that's not in your nature. So that was really cool. You're also picking projects that have loud fan bases. <laughs> is that something you've enjoyed? Something you're learning how to handle? I mean, I, I'm so fortunate for that. I guess you're kind of right, now that I'm thinking yeah, about it. All, and, you know. I've done like mostly <laughs> things that are like, have, or like either a graphic novel or a book. Right. That's so crazy, I just realized that. 
Um, but I love it. I mean, there's definitely that. Readers will always have their own version of what they think the character should be like in their head. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of the situation. I do that. Um, um, so there's always a little bit of that pressure where you want to get it right, but at the end of the day, like, you can't please everyone. So as long as you can, you are hired for a reason, is what I tell myself. Because sometimes I'm like, oh my God, what if they hate my portrayal and I suck? But then I have to remember, like, these writers gave me the job for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, it's like handing a little, like, handing off kind of their baby. Like, don't. Like, not like that, but like, you know, like, they're, like for example, for Jenny, Lara Jean is her baby, but she ended up giving her to me and trusting me with her. So I, I try not to like freak myself out too much. I'm, now I'm spiraling. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And, and the fan bases of Deadly Class are amazing and X-Men and, and to all the boys, I got really lucky. Yeah. This next question is actually about Jenny, if she reminds you of Lara Jean in any way. Yes, yes and no. Uh-huh. Yes and no. I think, like, Jenny is such a class act, um, and I feel that Lara Jean is that way. Um, but Jenny, I don't know if you've ever met her, but she's just so, she's just, like, I mean, her wit is very similar to Lara Jean. Like, she's very sharp. But I think Jenny has a voice, and I think Lara Jean is still trying to find hers. Mm-hmm. Is she, is Lara Jean, that you, the Lara Jean you play, how you envisioned her when you read this, the book? <laughs> Imagine I say no. <laughs> um, but you got to, you know, make it your own. In I guess, way. yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, that's what I envisioned. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I, yeah, that's what I envisioned. Yeah, if it was no, I would be like, what's happening? What did I do? Yeah, no, that's how I envisioned it. Just practicing your facial expressions right now. This is great. <laughs> okay, this is a great uh, question to end on. Um, who do you think Lara Jean should end up with, John or Peter? And P.S. I love you. Uh. <laughs> this question oh, keeps me up at night. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know. Here's the thing. I love Lara Jean and Peter together. And I think Lara Jean challenges Peter and makes him a better person, but I also feel it's this other, the same way around. But um, I think Peter, like, but again, I haven't met, I haven't spent any time with Johnny ever, so I don't know. See, I, this question keeps me up at night. <laughs> like, I am like, I get like anxious about it. But I think right now it's Peter. I want her to be with Peter because I think that they're really great together. Um, and I, I love Noah, so, you know, there's well, that. There too. could be a third movie also, so we don't have to And then that. I'll really be conflicted and confused. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you guys so much. Thank you so much for thank being with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. 92i Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 92yondemand.org.